The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome to part two of uh, today's post-primary election edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. We have, uh, for our panel of political pundits, our roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back. Always good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Um, Republican Henry Hatter. Welcome back, Henry. Thank you, Tom. And it's always great to have uh, East Village Magazine consulting editor Jan Worth Nelson with us, especially in these uh, (laughs) post-election editions. Jan, welcome back to you as well. Thank you. This is so much fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I think there are some some interesting things this time about the election from, you know, from a, a structural standpoint, not just the candidates themselves, although the candidates are pretty interesting. And and I want to share a little something. I, d- I did something different this time. Always in the past, I've tried to get every candidate on the ballot on the show. And, I, you uh-huh. know, some years I've been pretty successful at that. This time, there were just some races that I thought were especially interesting. Obviously, the Michigan governor's race was. There was uh, only one candidate um, that didn't do the show from the the ones that were on the ballot. And even uh, a couple of uh, the candidates for governor that weren't on the ballot. Um that did the show, but uh, Garrett Soldano was the only one that didn't respond to my invitation, uh, and he came in uh, uh-huh. what well, fourth? Came in last, not quite last. It serves him right. <laughs> if you <laughs> the, the the road to victory runs through the Tom Sumner show. <laughs> well, I I did have Tudor Dixon on a couple of weeks ago, but I I also. Um, there were some interesting names, and one that got by me completely, I didn't even realize he was running, and he won his primary, Bill Schuette. Oh. Ah. Yeah. 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 He's going back to the state house. That's right. I, 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 ah. Now that you mentioned that, I'd, I'd forgotten about that myself. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know Schuette is still a very influential politician. Well, and, and that's why I was saying this morning, and he, he won the seat pretty well, pretty handily, as one might expect. Um, I, and I'm predicting that it'll it'll be a very short time if the Republicans stay in the majority after uh, November um, that he will, he will very soon be the Speaker of the House. 
Probably, yeah. Huh. Sure yeah. assumption. Now I I'm I'm usually wrong with my my speculation. Well, I hope he did with a well known name. You can like be that. wrong. Everybody else is wrong sometimes. So you can be wrong <laughs> once in a while. No, no. Tom Sumner cannot be wrong. No, Tom I'm. <laughs> well, I, I, I there was um, there was another name, and and she's been uh, serving in the state senate. She was uh, formerly the. Um, Secretary of State, and that's Ruth Johnson. Yeah, yes. And she, I think she was running unopposed <laughs> in her primary, but I had her on the show, and and we talked a lot about changes in elections and that sort of thing. Mm. But she said something really, really nice to me, and I'm just I'm just going to share it. It's just a feel good moment for me, so bear with me. You know what, Tom? I appreciate you getting out real news to people. Um, so often our news is a little bit skewed and um, and uh, get thinking the wrong way sometimes. And so I appreciate you and your program. Wasn't that nice? Yeah, well. Yeah. I've always argued, Tom, that I hope you save all these, these interviews and, and make an archive of them for the Sloan Museum or some historical society I mean, this is a great piece of local history it's it's being nobody else does it's being done as we speak paul yeah. there is yeah. an archive being developed the search engines aren't in place yet but a lot of the stuff is being uploaded old interviews and old shows um at the uh flint u of m uh, oh, library terrific terrific yeah. yeah the u of m flint uh library in the genesee county historical Part of it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mentioned Tudor Dixon was on the show just recently, and here is uh, something she had to say. Is it all but one that are hoping to get an endorsement from him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak for the other candidates. I've spoken with President Trump a few times, and he's been positive, just, you know, said the goals in a political race are to get your numbers up, and we've been working on that. And, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that he's commented on the campaign a couple times. And that was just about a week before um, mm. before Trump... Uh, you know, that was a really a curious endorsement in the sense when you consider the fact that the DeVosses, well, she supported, Betsy DeVos supported him and was in the cabinet. She turned on him at the end and resigned early and I think called for the 25th Amendment at one point, and yet Trump did endorse. I wonder what that does for a hardcore Trump supporter who was supporting one of the other very strong pro-Trump candidates. Would they, would they come across for... Uh, for Dixon, or were they sit, sit aside? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's got to be a bit of a dilemma for someone in that position. Yeah, but Trudy Dixon has brought to bear uh, a whole new dynamic. She's at the confluence of many firms coming together for the first time. She's, uh, she's going to have to pick up the male voters and the young voters. Uh, she will need to pursue the issues that people feel can uh, care about. Uh, most, and that's jobs, roads, and education. Those are the things that she needs to focus upon. And and uh, with that, <clears throat> she's also uh, bringing together um, <clears throat> Republicans uh, who have been traditional Republicans, new Republicans, black Republicans, 
that's yet to be uh, uh, come together at the confluence of all of this change. So we can't set any traditional predictions here because there's uh, too many things coming together, all of us. So there's real opportunity for something new and something different to happen. We've never had this before. Well, you and know, you I asked, I asked uh, Tudor Dixon if she thought, um, I, and, and it, was, it was kind of funny the way I asked it and, and meant to be uh, funny. I, I, I asked her, I said, uh, if, if I ask you which one of the candidates is in the best position to beat Gretchen Whitmer, you're going to tell me you, right? <laughs> and, and, and we laughed about that for a minute, but I turned the conversation and, and we talked for a moment about the, the fact, and it's being reported this morning by national outlets as being somewhat historic, the, um, the matchup of two women for governor right. of Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And here's First what... female Republican nominee. And, and here's, here's just a little snippet of what she said about that, and I find her observation very interesting going forward. This specific race is interesting because we've seen Gretchen Whitmer be able to really attack men in the past. That's sort of been her signature is to make men, u- using her gender as a weapon against men. And so I do think that that takes a weapon away from her, and that gives us an opportunity to be on a level playing field and say, this is how you ran the state, this is how we plan the state, and let people choose. You know, and, and uh, if I could follow that real quickly, sure. she has the most coherent statement about what she believes, guys, a belief statement that could cost her criticism. Uh, the mother of four children uh, for, uh, made education a top issue of her campaign, saying she wants uh, to drag queens and talk of sex and gender out of the elementary schools. She opposes abortion. She accepts uh, to save the life of the mother and says Michigan should eliminate the requirements for permits to carry She's on the opposite side of the dominant statement or the of the question, where the core of the question for most uh, Michiganders are right now. She's taken a position. She's clarified. She's very coherent articulation to the question and the solution. Most people don't do that. You don't know where they are with this, with respect, except that they are partisans on one side of the issue or another. Here's the one that comes out and display a whole new colors, and I find that refreshing. I thought that I thought her comment was um, was was very insightful and and sounds like I, I just have a feeling they have picked the right candidate to run against Gretchen Whitmer. Well, again, you've got two female candidates. It may make some sense in that in that way. Do you think that the fact that uh, she's not really run a statewide campaign before is going to be a big factor? Will she have the experience and maybe even the money? To do that, she's gonna, yeah, she's gonna have a lot of money behind her, I would think. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to weigh in on this gender issue. Like, I feel like I think that is true that it's, but I think that's a cheap shot to say that. Well, she's, you know, she's criticized men. Uh, yeah. I think that's kind of a cheap shot that's going for the cultural issues, uh, just directly for the Trumpy base and the and the people that are tired of progressive ideology or progressive yeah. rhetoric. I mean, the point is 
that these men have, in, in Gretchen Whitner's view, have made bad decisions. And um, uh, yeah, and that, okay, I can so, understand your point. So I, I think it's reducing it to, the, as usual with the Trumpies, it's reducing it to sort of oversimplified and shallow argument, or uh, just using the cliched phrases and so on. And it's, and it's a, you know, it's, the Democrats do it too. So I'm not saying. Yeah. No, I I, I I hear what you're saying. I, I just thought it was especially interesting from a strategy standpoint that um, and 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 you could make the case that, of, of course, she was always, you know, uh, attacking men and debating with men because men were the only ones who were allowed to I come mean, to the, the table. Um, yeah, I mean, who's running the show? She was doing the same thing during men. the primary. Yeah. You know, I, I think that there are some things that are offending to men. For example, when you say men can have, define a man or define a woman. And uh, men, they already have their views on who a man is and who a woman is because they're pursuing them all the time. So um, that, I think, antagonizes the, the picture for men. And Twitter yeah. yeah. comes out and she says, okay, so men can be men and women can be women. I have two uh, children that are in public schools, and I don't like the idea of teaching this gender stuff. And she comes out and explains it. Most people are on the other side of that issue. She says, hey, wait, hold it. And uh, that's refreshing. Yeah. But I thought I thought her point was, and, and it was an interesting one to me, was that that Gretchen Whitmer had developed a political skill set based on competing with men, and that she might uh -huh. be at a slight disadvantage competing against a woman. <laughs> yeah. Wait, let me ask yeah. this too: yeah. to yeah. what That's degree amazing. was that also uh, an attack against the other, against the the, the, the Michigan Secretary of State and Attorney General? Because for the first time, we've got three women at the top of the state's yeah. state government. That, yeah. that may be and, and kind of a, a shadow attack there as well. Who's, who's and I have running no problem against... with that, guys. I have no problem with the other women being men. It's their time to serve. But when it comes I around mean, to the Republican time to serve, they need to allow them to serve as well. I who's... mean, this could, this could push the discussion or the arguments into a more policy-based direction. Because yes, you, you know, we hope so. Uh, yeah, we hope so, right? We, that's yeah, that, the way I, we want to go. We need to talk about this stuff, and we need to move in that direction. Uh, yeah. uh, I didn't we, see who's running against Dana Nessel. Uh, Soldano, right? Uh, no, no, he was running for governor. Was he? Oh no, um, no, I'm not not Soldano. Um, I haven't got the name in front of me right now. Well, we'll uh, we'll look that up because we have to take yeah, a short he'll, break. Yeah, he'll be here. nominated at the convention. Oh, in the, the black. The, uh, we have a black candidate that Trump endorsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, we have to take a short break here. We'll let an election our, denier. We'll let our yes. broadcast partner yes. squeeze a few words <laughs> in, and uh, we'll be back with uh, more armchair politics in the uh, post uh, primary election edition on today's uh, Tom Sumner program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. We'll be right back. 
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with today's uh, post-primary election edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right. They're joined by East Village Magazine consulting editor Jan Worth Nelson. I, I can't believe we're we're so far away. We're having fun. We're having fun. I was going to say, I've got a correction. It was Matthew DePerno who was running for Attorney General. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it, now he won't be nominated until the party conventions in late August, but he seems like but, the almost certain nominee. But for Secretary of State this day, I think he asked about the Secretary of State. And no, he's, he's going for Attorney General. Secretary of State is uh, Christy Caramo. Caramo, yeah. Caramo, yes. who's, again, she, she won't be nominated, but... Yeah. But again, the thing is, both of those are election deniers, and uh, those are going to be crucial. Well, especially Matt DiPerno. Yeah. He, he was the attorney that uh, that filed the suit against the um, clerk up in uh, the UP. Or, that, that's or right. That's Michigan. right. Yeah. Yeah. Got national news. He's been on the show a couple of times. Um, now, does he have the endorsement from the endorsement convention? Yes, yeah, Going I think both Christina Caramo and, and DePerno yeah, have the endorsement, so it's not official until the Republicans have their convention in late August, but it seems like it's all but all but official at this point. They they both have the uh, Trump endorsement. I was there when he endorsed them. Yeah, but, but yeah. the Republicans had their endorsement convention in, what, April or late spring sometime, yeah. Yeah. As, they, as, as, as did yeah. the Democrats. Are there are there any signals from the the primary yesterday in Michigan? Some of the other recent primaries um, is is there any hint of of what things are going to look like um, in November? And um, how will there be a different kind of midterm election, or is it going to be same old, same old? Well, can I, if I can say this, uh, um, Governor Whitmer has the edge right now. She has the black vote, and that vote is as solid as a rock. And the polls are at the moment. Uh, yeah, and, and so she's got that edge. And the challenge to uh, Tudor is that she's got to penetrate that block of black voters and other voters. She's got to appeal to people and yet not, not uh, trample the idea that she represents what many white Americans would love to see. They would love to see the dominance of white Americans prevail in the United States and not strategy on uh, people of color and stuff like that, which is the prevailing discussion. Tudor represents two kinds of things that will help those kind of Americans achieve the uh, vision of what they would like to see restored. And she has the name, the name Tudor. The name Tudor is a very old name. It's in English, <laughs> and it's an Irish <laughs> name. And that brings back uh, also the, um, the power that Europeans gave the world in the 16th and 17th centuries. 
uh, along with Isaac Newton, uh, with the calculus thing, and and uh, we had uh, uh, Descartes and Francis Bacon and others who gave us the vision of the world that we see today. And so, discover it. Uh, so, so do you think it's, that. it's possible yeah, that Tudor Dixon is going to bring back the House of Tudor? And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you were talking last night about where that name came from. Was it was it part of the Tudor dynasty, or was there some other connections in her family? I I, I don't know, but name. it's not way, yeah. <laughs> and that's effective. But yeah. you know, and and uh, and I hope that those Americans who won't let the country go together and be what it is today will find some solace in this, that yeah. there's still, there's a presence in the world for white Americans to share this country and to guide it and to influence it and stuff like that. And we must not ever forget that by ourselves as individual cultures, we can't have it all our way. Uh, this is a multicultural, pluralistic nation, and there's no way that you can remove it from what it is. Has anybody oh, noticed that, that there was, um, there there seemed to be, or maybe I just noticed a few um, people that were running campaigns whose background was television? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I, by the way, I see Sherry yeah. Hartman, I believe, I won last night. She did. Like she did win, and pretty yes. handily. Um, and and she was on the show uh, a week or so ago, and and I asked her if she thought, you know, that the fact that she had been on television. By the way, she had to leave her position to run for that office. I, w- I wondered yeah. what, what the situation was there. Yeah. Um, and and I asked her if that television um, experience that she'd had um, was was going to make her name more recognizable and and be a benefit to her (laughs) she said she thought so and of course tudor dixon has some television background we saw uh, dr oz down in where indiana or uh, indiana um it just it looks like uh there are several tv people that are being recognized. Well, I mean, it, uh, take a look at uh, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump. I mean, the, the media can play a role in those kind of things. Uh, but, I mean, this uh, time around, it seemed like there were a lot of people yeah. who had TV background. And maybe it's just, you know, more people are um, uh, having a presence in, in uh, you know, through podcasts and, and cable TV shows and that kind of thing. And, and I think we're seeing more and more of them enter into into public life. And Tom, that suggests for you that your next step is what? <laughs> well, I've been trying to decide <laughs> I, if, if, I, if I stop doing the show, which is very likely there may be an announcement coming soon. Uh-oh. And I, I've, I've talked to a couple of people about this, and they say, what would you do? And I said, well, there are three choices that I can think of right now, and I'll ask people to, to make other suggestions. Run for a political office. Um, write a novel. Or uh, binge watch episodes of the A-Team. 
<laughs> well, the first two are money makers. Well, they haven't been in my life. <laughs> but they are. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, okay, I, but we wish you well, whatever you do. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, you you did, didn't you once run for the county commission years ago at one point? Was I thought you'd run for something, I mean, many years ago. Yeah, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give uh, TV media and, uh, and writers, uh, media people, the edge on knowing what questions aggravate people. Take them all. <laughs> they do you know think, that right do you think people that have a background like... Do you think people that have a background like a Sherry Hardman, for example, um, because of their interaction with with people and the number of people they've met and interviewed and talked to oh, and I think it helps. stories, oh, I think so. do you, oh, do you yeah. think they go in with uh, uh, a and special knowledge? <laughs> sure. I, no, I, I think that helps a lot. I think, I so. think so. Remember they, a while back, uh, it was, it was uh, John Kennedy Jr. came out with that magazine called George late 90s or thereabouts, yeah. and his argument was that politics and celebrities were, were very, politicians and celebrities were kind of overlapping in his in his view, and as I recall the magazine, it was kind of a combination of celebrity news and political news sort of woven together, and I think he was on to something there. Well, you know, after his parents invited a bunch of them to the White House, they just, yeah. you know, it's been yeah. downhill ever since. <laughs> right but but what do you think about the uh the impact on the midterms coming up is it is it likely to be um like it typically is the that there's going to be a a, a flip-flop in the, the legislature in washington i mean things are so close in the house it's 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 frankly it's, it's hard to imagine democrats hanging out of the house although some of the news out of kansas gives democrats some hope but, I mean, historically, in the first midterm election, the party in the White House loses about 30 or 35 seats. Democrats have just got three or four seats margin, and it's going to it's going to be hard there. In the Senate, I think Democrats may might have a chance of hanging on to a a bare majority, maybe. But in the House, it's it's going to be an awful long shot, from my perspective. Well, I look at this as a transformation. This is not something that's easily predicted. It's uh, making the rules as you go because so many components have changed. And you got new people there like Tudor Dixon who is leading a, a, um, a flag-raising uh, um, direction for new people and for new challenges to old issues. And she's, bringing the, she's combining the old and the new together. And where those issues... Uh, uh, perspectives were divided in the past. She's merging them together, and uh, I don't think it's going to be be uh, a a uh, abrupt transmission where we just take off in a new direction with uh, with no transformation made from the old. Yeah. It's going to be uh, a gradual uh, mutations type of process with all the new people and what the new people want is not what the old people want. They want the past left behind. They want people over 30 to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust anybody over 30. Where have I heard yeah. that before? <laughs> you notice that. Notice how angry they are. With, with looking at Joe Biden, they, they get very angry. 
about people. <laughs> but then also I think that they're right, that they visualize themselves to become as they age. So there's frustration there to get the things that's through. But yeah, I think that we are making issues. Uh, we're making the case as we go. This is not uh, something that has a path. On that point, I'd also add in terms of, of, of Whitmer's support, uh, one thing that's in her favor is the fact that Michigan has not denied an incumbent governor a second term for more than six, for almost 60 years. So, you know, in some ways, history is kind of on her side because yes. we do tend to re-elect governors to a second term. But uh, on the other but hand, it's also an anti-incumbent atmosphere too these days. But did yeah, her it, strong it, it, did her strong um, positions uh, responding to the pandemic uh, do her some damage? That did uh, some damage. They're, they're being used against her. We, we talked last yeah. night about that. It, it, uh, that did some damage. Uh, did, although it's kind of fading historically, I think. But you're exactly right. Yeah, that's being used against her a lot because of uh, closing down so many things during the early days of the pandemic. But, but I the, don't know the, if it resonates in November of 2022. I, I don't know. In the early years, she just did not take any positions from Republicans. She has transformed that process, it appears. Now she's uh, kind of bringing the two pathways together. Well, on budgetary uh, issues especially, yeah, that they've done some of that. It's, it's yeah. true. Yeah. So she looks uh, good from that perspective. But the damage was done when she closed down businesses. Yeah, though there, there was clearly a backlash at that time. In fact, you you saw almost a remember the, almost a rehearsal for January sixth in the, the Michigan State Capitol a little bit yeah. before that. But, yeah. Well, I think I think local politics for us is going is going to be very ugly between now and November. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I think that I think the campaign uh, between uh, incumbent Dan Kildee and uh, Paul Young, his challenger yeah. in the in the House race. Um, I think based on the ads I've already seen, and we're just a few hours after exactly. the results, um, I, I think that's going to be a real ugly campaign. And I think, um, I think the gubernatorial campaign is going to be a real catfight. And, and, uh, <laughs> no, no offense, but um, I, I think that's I think that's going to get pretty ugly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And uh, how about the mayor's race? You think that's going to get as equally nasty? Yep. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you, and you, even you, if at least you see that you see it on social media. So, I mean, of course, you always see a lot of nasty stuff there, anyhow. But <coughs> even the, the even in if, both um, Well, when I had Tudor Dixon on the show. I asked her what she would do differently than uh, Governor Whitmer, and she went right into a whole laundry list of the things that Governor Whitmer did wrong. And I said, well, yeah, I, I understand that you're unhappy with the way she's handled things. How would you do it? Boom, right into another laundry list. I, you know, I, mm. think, I think that attack mode is going to be there. And and whether uh, Gretchen Whitmer and Sheldon Neely try to take the high road or not, I don't think they're going to be able to. That could be tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think like Tudor Dixon is just going to go right for the cultural issues and just hammer, 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 hammer. It's going to be drag queens. It's going to be, you know. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right, Jan. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. going to pull yeah. some. And I she's, and, and I suspect she's going to attract some black vote with that. Yeah, I think she will, too. I think black voters are really. What's so amazing and so strange is that many people that you would think of uh, as as uh, Republicans or as voters really like President Trump, former President Trump. No matter, he can't do anything wrong. They like him. He says he comes out. Uh, certain statements he makes is inflammatory to black, but they still like him. And I think that Tudor Lipson would be. She's not that she doesn't do that, but she will encourage black voters to take a look at her. Do you think she'll get painted as kind of this crazy conspiracy theorist person? I mean, she's also said some pretty awful uh, things too. Uh, I, I can see that as coming out. Like that, for example. Well, do you do some of the election denying things for openers? You know? Oh, she yeah, I do. Know. She, she yeah, one, but she but she really is. Dead. Dead. She was on but one of the national cable uh, networks. That's uh, that's a sign of a tactful Republican. I can't remember which uh, <laughs> which cable network she was on. Might have even been Fox, and she refused to say that she thought the yeah. uh, the twenty twenty yeah. election was illegitimate. But oh, she didn't okay. have enough information, guys. She at that time she didn't. If you ask a person. Uh, she'd have a different view, but she has to either give you the, the belief that she has, her personal belief, or a political response. And most people Wait, expect so a political response. You're saying that she couldn't say that the election was fair because she didn't have enough information. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think. But but she may well, have been suspicious. No, that, that, she may have been suspicious. That, but that's not evidence. Didn't, she didn't quite say it was stolen directly, I suppose. Yeah, she didn't well, say that, but that's sort of not evidence. In that direction. But when you're yeah. certain, when you can make these uh, judgments by 95% degree of certainty, then you can make them without fear. I think she has, Henry, I think she has plenty of information to decide how she feels about it. I think she made a political calculation that she wasn't going to take a stand about it. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 that's, and, and don't you think that that's tactful? You don't go out you, and well, out. Is it tactful or is it strategic? Do you think she's going to have Trump show up at a rally in Michigan? For, no. Or is she going to drift away from him at this point? I don't know that we're making rules as we go, guys. Remember, this is new for everybody. We have. If you ask me, if I were in Tudor Dishkin's position, I would do the same thing that she does. I'm no different than a Democrat running for the same job. I, I use some strategic thinking and some prudent thinking. You know, I don't go out and just put my head in the guillotine and say, go ahead, <laughs> drop the guillotine. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, that's... Go, go that. ahead, Jane. No, we don't, we don't want that to happen either, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, that's I right, Henry. Um, but, okay, again, I'm not speaking as a political person here. I'm sort of speaking as a journalist. That's why I like what you say, because you're not always political. Go ahead, Jan. No, I'm trying not to be all the time, but, I, but what, uh, what hurts me is the retreat from 
factual arguments. Yeah. In 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 opposition to political expedience, you know. I yes. mean, again, it happens on both sides. But I yes. mean, uh, like I'm what I fear with somebody like Tudor Dixon is she's going to interfere in the public schools and what they do. And so it's going to be another one of these things where there are certain things that will not be allowed to be taught. Uh, you know, I, I mean, as a former person in higher education, I see that I see that kind of stuff getting hammered at time after time after time. And so I'm just trying to say, I know we don't want you to get guillotined, Henry, and that there are strategic arguments, but the facts are clear. And, you know... So when you say when people, not you, but when she says she doesn't have enough information to know about the 2020 election, yes, she does. Yes, we do. Yes, you know we what do. we think we do. I, I think I have the same information that you do, but I yeah. I don't have all of the evidence. I don't think uh, you know, Henry. I don't think it's true today. As a, I don't think it's as true today as it might have been 25. 30 plus years ago that we all have the same information. I think we get different information from different sources um, because the, the because the, the media has media. yeah, it, it has too, lined yeah. up with these different uh, factions in the in the country. And I I'd go so far as to say I really don't want Tudor Dixon or Gretchen Whitmer deciding what's being taught in schools. I'd much right. rather see educators doing that. Yeah. Now I and I'm on the same and I, I'm on the same page as you are. But they introduced politics into school. Politics has no place in school on the school campus. It came there. It was driven by forces unknown to me. But it's what people can do because it's a republic. It's I can't believe democratic I, republic. I can't believe so, we've gone all the way through the show today um, without any of the notes that Paul and I made. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we having a good, good discussion. Though. No, it's a great discussion, and there are going to be some interesting things if you enjoyed today's discussion on uh, tomorrow's show. I'm going to be talking with Natalie Jacobson. Uh, during the first hour, who's written a book, Every Life a Story, Natalie, Natalie Jacobson Reporting. And she was a uh, longtime Boston uh, reporter and TV anchor. And she's written a memoir. It's pretty interesting stuff. And we talk about the, the changing media. I'm also going to talk with um, uh, ESPN uh, NFL journalist uh, Jason Reed, who has written a book, called Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America. And my, my favorite, and I, I'm probably not allowed to have favorites, but I do in this case. During the third half of our three-hour tour tomorrow, I'm going to talk with Paula Young Shelton. She is a children's book writer who has written a book called Just Like Jesse Owens. And it was uh, as told to her by her father, Ambassador Andrew Young. Oh, oh, yeah. And he, ta I, I, he talks uh, about having, uh, as as a as a young boy, his dad taking him to the movie theater to see Jesse Owens yeah. win the Olympics in the newsreels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, it's going to be a, an interesting show tomorrow. We have to take a short break. We'll be back with uh, the final segment of today's show, The X-Files, right after this. Hey, <laughs> this is The Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to The Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. It'd be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome back, everybody, as we uh, pull into the final segment of today's edition of uh, Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program, and one of my favorite uh, parts, The X-Files, those weird and wacky stories that seem hard to believe but are, in fact, true. Um, Spain's leader has proposed an energy-saving move that many men have already embraced. Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has asked government officials and people working in the private sector to save energy by giving up wearing neckties at work. Appearing at a news conference in an open-necked white shirt and blue jacket, Sanchez explained he had dressed less formally, not as a nod to the casual Friday custom, but to curb utility use, presumably air conditioning, (laughs) but he did not spell that out. I'd like you to note that I am not wearing a tie. That means that we can all make savings from an energy point of view, the Prime Minister said at the news conference, called to summarize his government's annual performance. He said he encouraged his ministers and public officials that, if not necessary, don't use a tie. Spain has sweltered for more than a month with temperatures in parts of the country often surpassing 40 degrees Celsius or 104 degrees Fahrenheit. The government has urged people to reduce electricity costs by not overusing air conditioning. Does dropping the wearing of neckties make you cool or keep you cool? <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, did you said that. Keep you cool. Did, did, didn't Rick Snyder make a big deal about not wearing a necktie with some frequency? Yes. Yes. He, did. <laughs> he didn't wear a necktie. <laughs> yeah. He did not wear a necktie. I don't know. Really? You know, when you think about it, that just seems like the dumbest thing that has become a marker of, like, a respectable man. You have this, like, yeah. knot up around your neck. <laughs> I mean, what's well, that it's, about? It's, anyway? it's like you're already wearing a noose. <laughs> right. I've never been able to figure out why that's the sign of respectability. But this is social protocol that was established by another generation. We're the inhabitants of that use. Yeah. 
Well, at least we've gotten rid of powdered wigs and things of that nature yeah. in that era. <laughs> That's why the kids in the 30 can't stand how we look, how we wear, what we eat, how we poop. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I, I stopped wearing ties a long time ago, but I continue to pull my pants up. Um, <laughs> oh. You wear a belt? I do. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I think it, men should be able to get rid of ties altogether. Really, it just why should you have to do that? Well, it's tradition, habit. That's that's all. Custom. Yeah, there's no other logic yeah. to it. I don't think. Yeah. And the young people will change most of these things for us. Give just give it. Yes, they change by decades. Change is going you know, to come. I feel the same way about high heels. Like I gave up high heels about 20 years ago. But, I mean, I, I guess if young women wear high heels, it emphasizes certain aspects of their body. So yes. I suppose if you're still in the seduction mode, you'd buy that. But, you know, you, high heels are the same as, I put them in the same category as ties. Women only have that uh, beauty for a few years, four or five, maybe right. ten. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They, they like to flaunt it. That's changing that's okay. all the time. I'm, I'm seeing some of the... Uh, some of the older uh, actresses that had their their sixties and seventies and and they look like they're thirty. They look, yes. Well, even Jennifer Granholm yeah. supposedly has had plastic surgery. She got her mole removed. Everybody's saying she had Botox. She does look uh, quite different when you see when you see her these days on TV than when she was governor. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? What would Socrates and Plato and Aristotle say about that? You know, I mean, this is what drives people. Those are the things that pe- define who people are, how they look, how they my want body, to look. My body, my choice. Yeah. Yeah, my, my body, my body choice. My choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> well, it made drivers on Route 66 and Interstate 40 in New Mexico do double takes. A newly upgraded State Department of Transportation sign erected last week that pointed drivers toward Albuquerque misspelled the city's <laughs> name, losing the R. People, people called and emailed the department to point out the mistake on the sign. Visible to drivers on the parallel highways, said Kimberly Gallegos, a department spokesperson. A corrected sign went up this week, she said. I do not recall this happening before, she said. But I honestly think this was just a simple mistake. Albuquerque used to have another R in its name. According to the city's website, colonists were uh, granted permission in 1706 by King Philip of Spain to establish a new community on the banks of the Rio Grande. The colony's governor, Francisco Cuervo y Valdez, uh, wrote a letter to Spain's Duke of Albuquerque to report that it had been named La Villa de Albuquerque in his honor. The first hour was dropped later, leaving Albuquerque with its current spelling, the city website wow. said. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. When it comes to wayfinding signage, does spelling count? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I don't so, yeah. Um, I mean, the, even the people that with the least amount of co- culture training will pick up a misspelled word and drive it to death. 
you will never, until you change that, uh, you will find no peace. Well, a Northern California burglar returned to the scene of the crime this weekend after he forgot his keys inside a donut company's <laughs> corporate <laughs> office. The thief stole some petty cash from Johnny Donuts' uh, office in the San Francisco Bay Area on Saturday night, police said. In another twist, he also grabbed the keys to a bakery vehicle but didn't steal the vehicle itself. <laughs> <laughs> San Rafael police are seeking the public's help to identify the burglar who used an unknown tool to manipulate the office's doorknob and get inside around 10 p.m., according to Lieutenant Dan Fink. The uh, crime was reported to police on Monday. Surveillance video shows the man moving between the office and a back storage area where he pried open a filing cabinet. The lieutenant said the thief took a bank bag with an unknown amount of cash. Part of the investigating is finding out why this specific business was targeted. Craig Bloom, founder of Johnny Donuts, said his uh, company plans to deliver a few dozen donuts to the San Rafael police officers who came to our aid to ensure that we can continue serving our community handcrafted donuts without interruption. It was an unfortunate incident but we're glad no donuts or team members were harmed. <laughs> Sometimes even the thought of a donut makes you do crazy things. Is this, is this the worst place to lose your keys? <laughs> In a donut, yeah. I would think so. That yeah, you're yeah. burglarizing? If there's nothing else, there's going to be a lot of cops there, more than likely. <laughs> yes. And those are likely sometimes to be the very suspect. Well, I can't believe how fast today's show's gone. We have just less than a minute, and uh, um, I want to say thanks to uh, Jen Worth Nelson from. Uh, she is the consulting editor for East Village Magazine, and always a treat to have Jen. Thanks so much for joining us this week. My pleasure. Thank really you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Thank always you good. You're all, you're yeah, the greatest. You. And of course, our roundtable. Oh, too. Thank you. Our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left. Thank you, Paul. Always good to be here. And longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, thank you as well. Thank you, Tom. What a great show. I enjoyed this. I didn't know what I was going to do. Really this much and have this much fun, but Dan was here and oh. <laughs> and you had your own point moments. <laughs> and we didn't beat up on you too much, Henry, did we? <laughs> I hope not. No, but it was fun. It was no, fun. it was. It, it was. And that's one, you know, going all the way back almost 15 years, I I started doing armchair politics and I wanted to do it on Wednesdays so that we were already doing a show every time there was an election. The next yeah. day, we would always be doing a show the next day. And it has worked out great over the years. Uh, and largely you, because of people like you. All right, that's Smoking George. i got to head down the hall to the living room. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Have a good evening. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.